game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Early into the middle for Anderson. He lost it at the Oilers blue line. Drysaddle gets it out. Now to McDavid. He's got a breakaway. Scores! Connor McDavid puts it up. Well, big night from Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Two goals, two assists for McDavid, a goal and three assists for Dreisaitl. And they pace the Edmonton Oilers to a 5-3 win over the Montreal Canadiens. That goal, the insurance marker with 5.20 left in the third. The Canadiens pressing for a tie. They turn it over at the Oilers' blue line. Dreisaitl finds McDavid. He gets the breakaway, and he nets his 21st goal of the season. So the Oilers have won four of their last five. They go to 14 and 11 on the season. The Canadians are now 12, 11, and 1. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown in Studio 99 for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. It's 8.02. Thanks a lot for joining us tonight. Rob, before the game and, and even after the game a couple days ago, you and I were excited about this game. We yep. thought it would be entertaining. I would have not thought it was entertaining in the way it turned out to be, especially in that second period. No, uh, it was an odd game. Uh, the first 19 minutes of this game, the Montreal Canadiens played as perfect of hockey as you can. Uh, they had held the Oilers to four shots. They got the lead. They played discipline. And then with one minute to go in the first period, it all completely fell apart. All right, here's Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft. Goals, and, uh, but I thought our best, most mature, most professional um, period was probably that that third period where we were able to lock them down and I thought we rolled four lines uh, going into that period um, so you know I was, I was proud of our guys because uh, didn't really love our first there was parts to our second that we liked uh, but I thought our third is a you know a complete period our third period was the best what did your group capture in that moment like what style of play what what habits were there that you kind of want to bottle well, I think um, especially when we're in that position, we're up by one, we're heading into that third period. Uh, I think, you know, the ability to have another team have to work through you um, rather than giving up uh, freebie chances against. Um, so, you know, I saw us, I saw us commit to um, working back to our end in an organized fashion, and the other team had to, to work through five people. We weren't perfect that entire third period, but uh, I saw people sacrificing to get the win, and we did a lot of good stuff. Like I said, I thought it was a mature and professional period for us. Uh, your goaltender, do you see a young guy that uh, maybe smells some opportunity to, you know, perhaps play more than everybody thought he was going to play? Yeah. I said it this morning to the group. Um, I was asked the question, you know, as I surprised by the number of games he's played to this point. Um, I don't think Stewart is surprised by that. I think if you asked him, he'd probably want more. Um, I've seen him every step of the way. I've seen him... Uh, you know, uh, be a support goaltender in Bakersfield, work his way up into the starter position. Um, you know, a few years ago, we went on a long run. I think we went nine in a row with him in the net. Um, you know, those 
he's earned the right to feel good about himself and his game. But what I do know about Stewart is he's a professional guy. He's not going to let it get to his head. Um, there's still things in his game he wants to clean up. And the best part is that he gave us a chance to win the game tonight. So you've been through probably the quite possibly the worst part of your schedule this season. You sort of it's recently in your rearview mirror. You get home, you got a four-game stand here. You can breathe a little bit, and you won four out of five with a bunch of injuries. You, Maybe yeah. just your thoughts on uh, state of the union here. Yeah, well, I think it's a credit to the people that we did dress uh, over this time and that are, we are continuing to dress. It speaks to uh, some of the depth pieces that we have in our organization that we feel good about. That's a credit to our manage management for making sure that we do have appropriate depth. Um, and, you know, I think finding a way to win four or five, you know, I think today was four games and six nights, six, five and a half nights, um, traversing the continent, it's felt like, uh, over the last little while. Um, but, you know, there's no rest for the weary. We've got a good Washington Capitals team coming into our building, and um, they're going to they're gonna compete. they got a good power play, and, and we're going to have to work uh, to make sure that we're ready and fully prepared for them. Hey, Jay. Just want to ask you about Yesapuli Arvi's game tonight. You know, he credited with eight hits, didn't seem to shy away from the physicality at all, especially against a guy like Arbor Jack, who's a pretty physical character in himself. Mm -hmm. I like Jesse's game. I think, uh, you know, if you asked him, he'd be uh, disappointed in the fact that he hasn't put up the scoring numbers that maybe he wants to put up. Um, but what I like about him is he's contributing to our team winning. He's finding a way to help our team win. I have uh, full trust in him. Um, you know, he was a big part of that first five-on-three goal. He's wrestling around net front, and, um, you know, I think the offense will come for him. Uh, but, you know, like, I thought he, he made a lot of really strong plays, and it was a big factor in us winning the game. I guess, yeah. You file it under good problems to have when your superstars are breathing heavy because of so much power play time. What did, what did you think of that sequence to start the second period? Yeah. How your guys responded? You, you know what? I thought the – and I don't usually do this. I thought the referees did a good job tonight in, in the game they called. They were all, pen, they were all penalties. And, um, you know, uh, we were able to convert. That's what a power play is supposed to do. Um, in that sequence, I tried to make sure that I gave enough to other people coming out of it to make sure that we weren't overplaying anybody. Um, and uh, we got good contributions. So I, thought I, was, I was quite pleased that our, our power play helped us win the game. Specifically to the, the Hyman cross check in the head, is that one you really want to score on? Like, want to score on all of them, but is that one that you really want to? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm happy we did. I'm happy we scored on that. That was, you know, that's a tough play, and I thought it was the appropriate call. And, you know, they had time to go and review it, make sure that it was the right call. And, yeah, you want to, you, you want to really make sure that you're bearing down on that one. McDavid was talking about how earlier in his career, breakaways were something he felt he needed to be better at and work on. Yep. What have you seen in his evolution? Because this year, it, 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 he's been almost a lock on a lot of these breakaways. Yeah, just the killer instinct aspect of it. I think uh, he comes in with so much speed that um, it backs a lot of goalies off and opens up some holes, and he's able to find them. Um, but the killer instinct aspect of it, that was a huge goal for our team. Um, you know, we were able to get him on the ice in a matchup that we wanted at that point in the game. And, and uh, 
he made him pay. Good. Thanks, guys. That is Edmonton Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft after a 5-3 win over the Montreal Canadiens. Well, I don't know if McDavid was ever poor on breakaways, <laughs> but he put that one away and he scored some other big ones this season already as he's up to 21 goals. The second period, Rob, was wild, uh, crazy. Uh, I mean, Edmonton had a power play that continued over from the end of the first period. They got a five-on-three. Uh, they didn't score on the two-man advantage part of that, but Nugent Hopkins scored. Kirby Dock went off, which is maybe the only penalty of those yeah. that might have been a little bit debatable, but if you get in a trailing position against McDavid, you, you might get penalized. And then Joel Edmondson, the cross-check on Hyman, and I know Montreal eventually came back and, and tied the game, but that's where it really shifted. Well, the game t completely shifted there on all those penalties. The, the Canadians were in complete control uh, of this game after the f with at the 19-minute mark of the first period. Then they took a silly, needless penalty. It just, it was, uh, it was dumb. You, it was, you were behind your net and you tripped Connor McDavid when your team had the puck. So that was dumb, and that just set off a sequence because all of a sudden, I think it was Edmondson got the next one. It was an accidental high stick, but accidents happen, and it wouldn't be that bad. They just have to kill off a 5-4, but you'd already taken a dumb penalty. And then of the penalties, they got one that was, I thought, uh, I thought the dock penalty was soft. Mm -hmm. I thought the Edmondson, Edmondson high-sticking penalty was unfortunate, but then there was three dumb penalties. There was three dumb penalties. The, the penalty where they... The tripping one, the cross-check to the head, that's a two, a four, or a five. They're already shorthanded. No matter if they review it, whether there's blood or not, you're going to get a two, a four, or a five on it because you cross-check the guy in the head. So that was dumb. And then Suzuki, who's a wonderful young hockey player, you're shorthanded again, and you grab the puck, you take a step, and you throw it. There's no need for that. He had no one on him. Just bats it down or just pushes it out, and it's okay. So they gave those penalties, and it just turned the game, and now you're chasing. And the penalty that Edmondson took when he got kicked out of the game, that just absolutely crushed the Canadians. Because now, I just checked, he played 10 minutes when he got kicked out. That was 40 that seconds was into the second period. 25 minutes into the game. Not he, 21 minutes. It was, wasn't it the no, whole? No, he was kicked out. Oh, the second, he, well, you're yeah, right. He was so, 20, out, yeah. so he's probably, that's another 18 minutes he probably would have played in this game. That now these young defensemen are having to play. David Savard barely made it to the bench after one of the penalty kills because he was so exhausted. Now you're playing catch-up. And the other big moment in this game was the where the Montreal Canadian player toe-picked in his own end with six seconds to go in the period, and Nurse scores with four seconds. And all of a sudden, as Jay Woodcroft talked about, they had a great third period because the Canadians were chasing. And the Canadians really only had a one grade-A scoring chance that I remember in the third. It was a crossbar. They were inches away from tying it. But the Oilers played better, and the Canadians had to chase, and they were exhausted from killing penalties and only having five defensemen. Yeah, the Oilers with a pretty solid third period. That's our quick change for Jiffy Lube, keeping you moving to and from the game. Visit your local Jiffy Lube today. 5-3 Edmonton is your final. And, and the big guys lead the way. Drysaddle, McDavid, and Hyman are a line. They were stars one, two, and three. Um, Certainly uh, a, a concern we've talked about, well, for a couple of years is the Oilers roster being top-heavy, but the way it is now... They have no choice. Th there's not much other no. choice. I, I mean, they probably have generously two, if not three, players playing that might be in the minors or would be a 13th forward if everybody was healthy. So they... they now, you know, maybe Yamamoto's back soon. Uh, maybe Fogel's back sooner rather than later. Bob was mentioning a little longer term for McLeod, and we know it's... Real into, into the new year yeah. for, for Kane, but yeah, they're going to need 
the power play to click, and, and those big guys are uh, going to be playing a lot, and they're going to have to be productive a lot if the Oilers want to rack up some more wins. Well, and that's why when you're playing against the Oilers now, you play a very solid, disciplined game. Because if you play discipline, you only every third or fourth shift, you have to face the top players, and you try to survive that shift. But when you get undisciplined, now you're giving the Edmonton Oilers best players five on fours and five on threes and uh, I thought in the first period they did a really good job against Connor and Leon in their line but all of a sudden the second period they come out now I think they're on the ice more or less five of the first six minutes of the second period on power plays and that just got their legs going they got their juices going and then you're chasing and when you're chasing bad things happen and in the third period uh, trying to make something happen out of nothing at the blue line I think it was Anderson or Doc, one of the two, tries making a play at the blue line and gets intercepted by Drysdale. And Caden Gooley was so exhausted that he went off this. He didn't even look back to see what was happening because he had nothing left in him. McDavid gets the breakaway, and that's the end of the story. And I like when they, they asked the question about McDavid's breakaways early in his career. He always was pretty good at it. But the one thing, and we've talked about it with all young players coming up, and I remember... Uh, Pavel Burry didn't score the first year or two on breakaways. It's you always have the talent. It's just having the confidence. And when you're young on breakaways, you're hoping you're going to score. When you gain a little confidence, you know you're going to score. And I think that's where Connor McDavid is now. When he has the puck on a breakaway, he knows he's scoring. It's like what, there, there's no way this goalie has the ability to stop being on that one right there. Allen, who we saw play against Calgary the night, was fantastic. I mean, he guessed six different ways wrong on that one and Connor McDavid goes upstairs and that's the end of the hockey game. I'm going to split the fourth star tonight. I mentioned the top line for the Oilers were stars one, two, and three. The fourth star for Jandell Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retail retailer. Uh, Woodcroft mentioned it. Jesse Pugliarvi with eight hits tonight and I'm going to give the hometown kid coming back to play Caden Gooley, the other half of the fourth star. He plays 21-38. He was even three shots on goal six hits well to talk about both Caden Gooley is going to be a star in this league I, I was incredibly impressed with that young man his ability on the ice his skating his offensive instinct uh, and then without fear going head-to-head -head against Connor McDavid he was excellent but Yessi Pugliarvi it's funny about Yessi is he doesn't know his strength I've never seen somebody get is hated by opposition teams and like he doesn't, like, it's like he has no idea why they hate him. Like, it, he goes out there, he, he doesn't back talk. He's not out there slashing people. He's not like, like Benson guys are going to hate Benson because Benson's looking for it. He's trying to antagonize. Yes, he just, he's just a big body that just bumps people. And by the end of the night, there's six guys that are chasing him around the ice. But he doesn't back down, so good on Yessi. Oilers win 5-3. That means the Japanese Village Goal Light is activated on 630Ched.com. Go ahead and print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite Japanese steakhouse. Reserve your party today at jvedmonton.ca. Just to wrap up, the, the we we're talking about the power play. So the Oilers wind up going 3-for-5 on the power play, and the Canadians wind up going 2-for-3. So Edmonton's penalty killing is... Uh, back in a relatively major lull but I guess if you're going to go if you're going to go 33 percent on the penalty kill you better go 60 percent power play <laughs> so that's what they were able to do tonight but the Oilers we're going to be talking about this probably for years with this group of players the Oilers power play is so good and they were the, the Canadians I, I thought Rob 
I didn't. I should have tracked how many they tried. But the Canadians, first of all, uh, w before the Nugent Hopkins goal, they deflected two or three passes that were bound for Drysaitel yep. for the one timer. So then, when Drysaitel does get the puck over there, he goes down low, and Nugent Hopkins just goes into stealth mode and sneaks in, and Drysaitel fires it through the crease and he scores. And then the next time the Oilers have the power play, Drysaitel does cash in the one timer. Well, and that's the one thing that we talk about that makes them so successful is their ability to shoot and play make uh, everybody is a threat whenever the puck goes to a certain player that player has the ability to score most teams don't have that I i've played on power plays my whole career and there's always the passer there's always the net front presence there's the guy that's the uh, gets the loose pucks there's the shooter and then every power play will have maybe two guys that can do both but the oilers have five all five guys have the ability to score all five guys are great playmakers and the oilers uh, the ferociousness or the tenacity of getting pucks back. And that's what kills a penalty-killing unit is when you've just fought off the first minute and you've, you're about to ice the puck and it, someone picks your pocket or they knock it out of the air and now you're out there. And Connor and Leon and Nuge, they don't get tired, but the penalty killers are absolutely exhausted. And that's when the mistakes happen. That's when all of a sudden the passing lanes are a little more open. The shooting lanes are a little more open. And that's why the Edmonton Oilers power play is so successful is they, they're, all five players have the ability to do just about everything. And what the, the power plays they don't score, you're like, wow, I can't believe they didn't score because they had three or four really good chances. All right, $500 donation tonight to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown. Injury lawyers, when accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. James H. Brown giving 100 bucks to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous for every Oilers goal throughout the season. So we appreciate that. 5-3, the Oilers take it tonight. We're going to have more post-game reaction, and we're happy to hear from you as well. The Certainteed hotline is 780-496-0063. Certainteed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainteed, pro all the way. We are live in Studio 99. It's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Jack Eye. We'll go across. Here is Doc. He'll shoot it right. Pad save made by Skinner. Hard shot by Kirby Doc off the right wing. Puck cleared out. So Stuart Skinner gets the win. That's his save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. Skinner winds up start, uh, stopping 30 out of 33. Probably didn't like necessarily the one goal he kicked into the slot, though also CeCe lost his man there. So uh, overall, Skinner with a pretty decent outing. Jake Allen, after being absolutely heroic in Calgary the other night, stopping 45 out of 46, he stopped 17 out of 22. Kind of a misleading stat for him yeah. because of the power plays and, and the breakaway goals. But, um, you know, Skinner, he, he, he sticks with it. Um, okay, fine, one hit the crossbar in the third, but yep. th that happens sometimes. And again, his calmness always strikes me as, as something that's very valuable to this team. Yeah, no, he, he was fine. Um, he gave them a quality start. Uh, was a little bit better than the goalie in the other end. That usually spells victory for your team. I would think, I could be wrong, but I would think he will be the goalie in the Oilers' next game. I think he's earned the, the crease with this game again tonight. The Oilers want to have a nice homestand. It's, uh, they've had a hard stretch, 
and did okay in it, but now they got a stretch where they play in some home games, so they want to make sure they put some points in the bank. And right now, we've seen that Skinner is the stronger of the two goaltenders, so I would assume he'll get the, the net in the next game, but yeah, he was good. I, but I do agree with Jay Woodcroft. I thought the Oilers were not good in the first period. I thought the second period, they had a good power play, but that was about it. But the third period, uh, they were very good. There was, I can only really remember the one grade-A scoring chance where uh, Bouchard and I can't remember the back-checking forward got confused, and all of a sudden, Army has a wide-open shot, beat Skinner, hits the post, but I don't remember anything else, which means the Oilers did a really nice job in the third period, shutting down, holding on to a lead. 5-3, the Oilers take it, 780-496-0063. We have Big Bad Joe on the line. Joe, go ahead. Hey, you guys, how it's going? We're doing well. Yeah, no, it was, I think it was a cool game, though, and I was really impressed, impressed with uh, Jesse, though. And I think if they keep him on the third line, though, he seems to be way more relaxed, comfortable. He hits. He just, you know, he was just playing awesome. And going back to that, what happened with Hyman, I think the reason they gave him a five-minute and then uh, came misconduct, the initial were... Uh, Hyman got hurt, but after he went into the boards, he gave him another check. He popped his head oh, into the board. The oh, that was the penalty. Yeah, the, the hit I, to that the, was the, the penalty. Yeah, yeah I don't yeah, think, I think, the, I don't the think first, first, first hit wasn't a penalty. It was a set, and that was the no. problem for Edmondson there. He finishes Hyman, he has him out of the play, and then he cross-checks him across the face. It was, it was yeah. just it was just dumb on Edmondson. I mean, yeah. it, it just you're, you're already shorthanded. You had a very good first period, and it really hurt the Canadians because he is a good hockey player that would have played big minutes, and all of a sudden yeah. the Canadians were forced to go to five defensemen and play their fifth and sixth defensemen that much more. Yeah, and like I said, it was, you know, the, the third period, that's the way you, you like him to play uh, all the time. And you know what? Uh, it's a good start. And that's all that I have to say. Well, yeah, when four of their five, one of four or five now for the Oilers, they're 14 and 11. Home games coming up against Washington. They're actually not having a great year. Uh, Arizona's not having a great year. And then you get another crack at Minnesota. So that's the homestand. So, you know, they didn't fully take advantage of that homestand that started the season. So they're, they're trying to take advantage. Washington of, will of be this better. One. They're healthier. So Washington should be a better hockey club than they saw last time. Um, but the Oilers, they, they need to put points together. They just do. If they want to have aspirations of winning the division, Vegas won again tonight, today. Uh, Seattle plays again today, and they seem to win every game. So uh, I, I, it's kind of surprising and shocking that we're talking about the Oilers trying to stay in the race with the Seattle Kraken. Good on the Kraken. But these are the games that the Oilers want to get points and, and keep themselves in within striking distance of the top teams in the Pacific Division. Yeah, and he mentioned Pugliarvi. Now, he's technically on the second line right yes. now. But I, I think, yeah, ideally, w I mean, it's rare when everybody is healthy, but yeah. <laughs> the others have four of their top nine out. So, you know, I think a third-line role for him, whether it's, you know, McLeod centering or whatever combination it is, I, I, you know, I think, to me, that's where he kind of fits on the team right now if they do get everybody back eventually at the same time because you know he's he's not finishing chances when he does get them no so you know if he plays on the third line and, it, and as you said sometimes he's unintentionally disruptive yeah. but but yeah, he, he, can, he can be disruptive he, he's an accidental hitter I just I, he i don't even he doesn't realize how strong he is how big a man he is and he just going in to look for a puck and he's running over everybody in there and 
they're getting mad at him. And yet, and Jay Woodcroft pointed out on the, the power play that Nugent Hopkins scored, it was a wrestling match between Yessi and the defenseman where they both fell down, and all of a sudden, the defenseman's sole eyes are on Yessi, and Nugent Hopkins comes back, so there's no one in the passing lane because Yessi has taken up space in front of the goaltender. So that is good. Um, I think Yessi's ceiling for this team is a third-line player, and it's not as pretty. It doesn't. The stats don't look as good, but as, if your team is successful and you're part of it, that's a good thing. All right, so the Oilers take it 5-3. Here's the winning goaltender, Stuart Skinner. It's kind of uh, tightened up a little in the third period there. You like kind of the way the, the group and yourself sort of lock things down when it was a one-goal game? Yeah, I thought we uh, finished off strong. Um, obviously, we, we kind of just stuck with our game plan. We I thought we played really well in the D zone. Everyone was buying in on that. And then uh, we got one from a turnover. Leo made a great, uh, had a great stick through the middle. Um, and then Davo did his thing. Um, but I thought as a, as a group in the third period, we were blocking shots. We were doing everything that was needed to, you know, finish out the game. And I, I mean, you, you can't ask for a better period with, you know, no goals. You're seeing more and more ice time, getting more starts here along the way. How do you, how do you feel like it's going for you, big picture here? Yeah, I feel great. Um, body feels good. Mind feels good. Um, uh, obviously, it's nice being in there, getting to uh, play some games, uh, get some more experience under my belt, and keep on learning and growing uh, as an individual. Um, at the same time, we got a lot of work to do. I got a lot of work, uh, growth to keep on improving, and um, it's all about the win. So, you know, it's all about the next game now. What do you think of uh, just the atmosphere? It's always great with the original six teams, especially a Canadian one. Um, yeah, how does it feel out there with so many fans and cheering both ways and everything that's going on? Yeah, I, was, uh, I actually didn't know that. I didn't know that the fans were going to be really loud for Montreal either. Um, somebody told me that before, and then they came out, and it was, got pretty loud. I was like, oh, this is, uh, this is pretty cool. So I uh, just tried to take all that energy, if it's for them or for us, try to take all the energy that you can for yourself. And, um, yeah, I thought both teams played well, and happy that we came on top. The Canadians on a Saturday night, like that probably, you know, this is the first time for you, but Connor was just saying never gets old. Uh, yeah, it no. must be special. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely a special moment. I mean, it was a great game. I'm happy the, with the way that it went, so it's more special that way. <laughs> Big picture here. I mean, you, your guys' lineup is banged up, but you, you figured out a way to win four or five despite all of that. The feeling in the room has to be decent right now with, with that. Yeah, I think that we're we're getting more confident and more confident as the games go on. Um, you know, uh, anything that you know gets pushed over uh, our way, I think we handle it pretty well. Um, I think the last few games we've definitely had to dial it in, and uh, you can see that. I mean, winning four out of five is is huge. Um, especially, I think we lost a few in a row, so it's nice to win a couple in a row, and hopefully, we just uh, you know create a new streak here. The other one I wanted to ask you about was when you you caught the puck. I think you're on the power play, you held it for a sec, then played it. It's like an aggressive move, played it up ice. Um, is that a pretty significant part of your game, moving the puck? Yeah, yeah, I would like to say so. I mean, I've been working on puck handling for forever, and I uh, got a lot of help from Smitty last year. I'm getting a lot of help from uh, Soupy, um, Pickard at the beginning of the year, just the way these guys play it, and so calm, and uh, they make it so simple and simple, easy plays. And um, I'm just trying to grab that from the other guys. And um, I think it also helps out our D and helps out our forwards if yeah. we're able to move the puck, give them more time, and just make it easier on everybody at the same time. And, you know, if you mess up, then it's, uh, it's yeah. a tough one to swallow. So what did you see on that one? 
Um, that was the one where I passed it on the yeah, to Tyson, and then we ended up scoring, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah. Took a second and moved it. I think it was just because it was a five on three, if I'm not mistaken. Um, could be a five on four, but after the save, I just saw two guys kind of with me because it was a two on one. So if I if I'm able to play that up, we have a quick two on one, maybe even a three on one. So. Um, I just thought it would give us an offensive chance, so I tried to swiggle my way and move the puck quick. Would you say you've been less aggressive in this way since being in the NHL this year than maybe you were in the American League before? With puck handling? Yeah, and just, you know, taking chances, that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, I, th I think uh, somewhat. Um, I think I'm still, you know, the game's obviously faster up here, so the four checks are a lot quicker, so you kind of have to make more simple plays. Where in the American League, I felt like you can like, kind of hit middle a few times and kind of have fun with it. But um, at the same time here, like, teams are so good on their four check that you can't, uh, you don't really have time to mess around with it, and guys come so hard. So um, uh, I've been learning that and uh, made mistakes. I'm growing from that, and uh, today it ended up working well, which I'm, I'm happy about. All right, there's Stuart Skinner, 30 saves tonight as the Edmonton Oilers beat the Montreal Canadiens 5-3. So the Oilers' record is now 14-11, and and Skinner's personal record goes up to 7-5. and As uh, I, found, I found that interesting, Skinner said he wasn't, didn't know how many Canadians fans there would be here because he didn't he did grow up here and go to games here. He must have never been to a game against Montreal. But he liked how he said, we'll just use the energy. And I guess you probably experienced yeah. that too. It doesn't matter who they're cheering for or if they're booing you, it, use the energy. Well, you're actually, it's more exciting because the, a couple times tonight where they went to the go Habs, go, let's go, like the cheers going back and forth, just energy in the building. It's when Montreal or Toronto come to town, it's as close as you're going to get to a playoff atmosphere because there's excitement in the air. So that's why it's a, a, a nice night for Skinner because this was a big game. Not because of it, where the Canadians are in the standings, but it's a big game because everybody's into it. The energy, the, the enthusiasm. Uh, it's Saturday night. Montreal, it's, so he came out and he played well. And probably got himself the next start because of it but I, I'd never seen or growing up I don't I couldn't remember this and when team Montreal came to Pittsburgh it was never like this you didn't have you know all the Canadian fans in the stands so it wasn't until I came back to Edmonton and started doing games with the Oilers that I saw what it was like and it is a completely different atmosphere when Montreal or Toronto's in the building and it's a much more fun atmosphere. So it was, it was a cool night. And it's always good at the end of the night when you're wearing your Oilers jersey walking out beside the people wearing their Canadian jersey, your smile's a little bit bigger. Oilers win at 5-3. By the way, we just saw somebody in, a, in Studio 99 here wearing a Matt's, oh, there he is, wearing a Matt's Naslin jersey, who is the last Montreal Canadian player to have a 100-point season. I, uh, and who was a great, small player oh. well, he was a great player but he was also small he was and it's funny I, I got to play in one nhl all-star game it was here in edmonton and naslin was voted in as a starter uh he was hurt and couldn't play so i got to start uh in this on the starting lineup because i took his spot. well that was him that was out he was out okay. and so i got to play with mario and cam neely as the first line which didn't work out as well because we went against gretzky curry and robitaille and i think i was minus four that game well but it's an all-star game the stats don't matter they don't, but I still remember that I was minus four. But it was pretty cool, though, being out there for the Nas national anthem and starting an all-star game. So Matt Naslin didn't play, and I, I was able to get bumped up in the lineup. Okay, 5-3, Oilers over the Canadians tonight. We'll go back to the Certainty hotline. Frank has given us a call. Frank, go ahead. 
Hey, guys, enjoying the discussion. Uh, before I talk about the hockey game, kudos to the Oilers tonight. Uh, when you have a big game like Montreal, 50-50, which I think the last time I checked is over 800000 is going to help the food bank, which at this time of the year and this year is especially uh, good news. So kudos to the Oilers. Uh, you're right, guys. Uh, when the Canadians or the Leafs come into town, it's more than just a hockey game. It becomes an event, and we all get into it one way or the other. Enjoyed it. Uh, I guess uh, let's celebrate the Oilers' win. And uh, as you guys said, what did they get take out of it? Hopefully they'll become more consistent and play like this moving forward. Thanks. Oh, by the way, I'm pretty sure that uh, they, they played uh, – a Metallica song before just to change things up and uh, maybe it was good luck eh? well they've been playing <laughs> Inter Sandman is part of the intro for them coming out onto the ice which they started yeah, in the playoffs last year but yes uh, that's you will we'll monitor that for you Frank <laughs> you got it guys you got it <laughs> but it is true that if things work for you whether it's music, oh yeah, how the how they set the puck, whatever it is, you stick with it. If you've had success with it, all hockey players have a little bit of. Uh, they want to. What is the word I'm looking for when it comes superstition? A little bit of super or a healthy routine. Nothing wrong with well, a healthy routine. Some have a healthy routine. Others are superstitious. Yes. Others guys like Tom Brasso, you couldn't touch his equipment. If anyone tripped over his stick or hit his pad before a game in the dressing room, he would yell at you, and it would be mean the things he would say at you in the dressing room. <laughs> so you, every guy stayed within, didn't come within 20 feet of him because they didn't want to feel his wrath. By the way, don't forget, the game is over. The 50-50 isn't. It, the jackpot grows until 11. It's $816,000, so you can still grab the, uh, the game day 50-50 in support of food banks. Alberta. So, uh, yeah, you know where to go. Oilers website. Click on that 50-50 link. We do have a winner. David in Set the Line for River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement bet on it. He took the under, Rob, and it wasn't close. I set the over-under at 9.5 for shots on goal by McDavid and Caulfield. Caulfield had four. He and did I, his and part. I, and I thought, well, for sure it's going to be over. No, McDavid only had two. They both went in. So it is under. So David gets the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. That is a little shocking for the amount of power plays that the Oilers had for Conrad only have two shots on net. But when they go in, there's no rebound. So take the two goals and run away. Uh, and then Connor McDavid and his line mates change with about 40 seconds to go in the game with the empty net, which... You want Janmark. And then Janmark... Couldn't finish it. Well, I mean... It, it was gaping. It was wide open. I think Derek Ryan had already put down, yeah, I got an assist on that one and a plus. Uh, I, I know from experience, because I've missed one or two in my life, you're like, are you kidding me? Like in the right. back of your head, you're like, come on, you just want to push reset, reset. Yeah. I want to be able to do it again. Yanmark next day in practice, he'll go to the same spot. Won't tell anybody, but he'll, at some point in practice, he'll go to the same spot, and he will hit the exact middle of the net just to show himself that he can do it. So when McDavid, we talked about McDavid's breakaway goal and the things he can do on the breakaway. His goal in the second period on the power play, so he likes to kind of go back to the blue line, swoop in, get the pass with a little bit of speed. Then what's he going to do? Beat you one-on-one, -on -one, go to dry settle or shoot. He shot, and Jake Allen didn't move. Not, a, not, a, not an inch. So how come? Well, what we've seen 
with it, there's always previews. Uh, the team will look and see the tendencies of the players and what they do on their power play, especially on a power play. And Connor, we've already seen that when he goes up there, he throws it down to Hyman on the goal line, or he throws it back door to Dreisaitl. So Jake Allen right now is still, okay, is he, which is he going to the left or is he going to the right? Is he going to the left or is he going to the right? And Connor McDavid's wrists are so quick and his hands are so quick that when he shot the puck off his stick, Allen knew he was beat. As soon as the puck was not passed, Allen knew, okay, this is hitting me or it's going in. I do not have time to move. So that was just uh, what we've seen. And we talked about when Connor McDavid first came into the league, He's got to shoot more because everybody knows he's passing. When he starts to shoot more, he's going to become a... a, 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 a there's going to be the goaltenders and the defensemen are going to have to guess. Right now, they know what he's doing. He's just better and he's able to make the pass. But as soon as he starts shooting, now he's going to become an accomplished goal scorer because they're not expecting it. And that's what's happening now. Allen had no idea. He was guessing pass. And when the shot came, it was too late. And he said, I hope it hits me. <laughs> and, it, and it didn't. And it went in, but it, it was funny because he, he just shot the puck and Allen's standing there and the puck goes through. It was like, the puck was already in the back of the net and Allen still didn't move. Yeah. It's like, oh, that one beat me. But that, it just, Connor McDavid understands that. He knows that he has so many tools at his disposal. He's like, okay, which way am I going with it? You can't guess. And he just makes you look silly sometimes. So the Oilers score four goals in the second period, three of them on the power play, and they beat the Montreal Canadiens 5-3. Back to the Certainty Hotline. Chris calling in tonight. Go ahead, Chris. Hey, guys. How's it going tonight? Good. Good. Uh, I just have uh, two quick questions, and I'm going to open up the line. Um, my first question would be, do you um, see the shot differential in the game being an issue yet? Um, I hate nitpicking wins, but we are outshot yet again, and it seems to be a kind of a common theme for us. I'm just wondering if we need a more team shoot mentality. And uh, I, I, I see, well, just I, I see it as a as a bit of an issue. Yes, I mean they had the puck in the second period a lot, but they weren't always well, they had shooting the puck on their on power the, play. Yeah, the, ex exactly. See, I, have no I have no problem on their power play with the, their shot selection because their power play has been the best power play in the league for the last four or five years. So they're, yeah. they're making the right choices. But in the first period, the Canadians were the better team. And five on five through forty periods, the Canadians were the better team. The Oilers just had the better power play. So. Uh, yeah, uh, you are a little, I don't know if concerned, but you're like, okay, it was a win. It was an important win, but through 40 minutes, the Oilers weren't as good as they're capable of being. Yeah, I just didn't think they made, uh, they don't make the goalie work enough in, in a lot of the games. And my last question here would be, that cross-check on Hyman's face, I thought was pretty dirty. Do you, I don't think a suspension will come, but what about a fine? What do you guys think? I think the league will look at it. Well, certainly look at it. Um, I, mean, I don't know off the top of my head if Edmonton has a, a recent history or anything like that. I personally would give him a one-game suspension. Uh, but then again, I, I would be suspension happy if I was the commissioner You'd be of the league. Yes. Because I'm like, that was dumb. And there's no need to... I mean, he, he was in a vulnerable spot. It, it was dumb for a lot of reasons. They're, they're already shorthanded. They're playing really, really well. He's a good defenseman. He can... Uh, they, the Montreal Canadiens certainly need him in the, in the game, so it's it was just silly. I do believe that they will look at it. I'd give him a suspension, but I have no idea what the league will do. What do you think of this? We're just watching video here of the Chicago Rangers game. Jacob Truba with a big hit on Andreas Atheson, uh, Athanasiu. As he hit him hard. He hit him hard. He went well. He went up high on him. I mean, the thing with Truba, Truba's a big man, and he jumps. 
to take out double A and the Blackhawks went after him. I, I think the Blackhawks responded well. The Thieves went after Truba. And fought him. Yeah. I, I just... I, that's enough. You don't need to jump. And he does jump. As he finishes the check, he comes up high on him. So to me, that's an illegal hit. Yeah, I think that's where he's getting in trouble. And that's one, you know, when you played, you'd say, well, too bad for the offensive player. He had his head down a little bit. But in this day and age, it's the onus is on the person delivering the hit to make sure it's a clean hit. And you're right. If, if, he, if he drops his shoulder down and tries to get double A in the chest, it's probably okay, even though it would have been still quite a big collision. But, yeah, you can... He almost flings his, his arms out as he finishes the hit, well, right? 20 years ago, that's all the hits were like that. Uh, you intentionally went high on guys, and you, your contact with the head was the norm. Uh, but you can't do it anymore in this one. Troop is a tall man. He's a big man. And to jump, that to me, that's a suspendable hit, and that's what they're trying to get out of the game. The Blackhawks would win that game on the road against the Rangers. The Rangers are not good at home. 5-2 Chicago takes it. Golden Knights beat the Red Wings 4-1. Lightning over the Maple Leafs 4-3 in overtime. Kalorn got the winner 33 seconds into the 3-on-3. Three -three. Penguins pound the Blues 6-2. Senators knock off the Sharks 5-2. Devils, 20th win of the season, 3-2 over the Flyers. The Bruins, do they ever lose? 5-1. And they seem to play a lot of home games, too. Not only do they win, they're spanking teams. Wasn't that against the Avs, Against the Avalanche. Too? They won 5-1. Do you have their home road split there? Uh, I don't. I was just looking it to see what... It seems like they've... Not that there's... I mean, they're still a good team, but it seems like they played a lot of home games. I just tried to see what Truba had. Truba got 12 minutes of penalties in the game and only played got, 13 minutes. He, he got get... six elbowing penalties on that play. <laughs> uh, well, he only played 13 minutes. My guess is he got kicked out of the game. Uh, wild over the Ducks, 5-4 in a shootout. Did you see the some of the shots in the shootout? There were some some of the prettiest shootout goals you'll ever see in that game. I watched that I one. saw the, the last one. I didn't see the whole shootout. There was a couple pretty ones. First period, Hurricanes and Kings are scoreless. Capitals and Flames are scoreless. Panthers up 2-0 on Seattle. We'll see if that lasts. And the Coyotes beat the Canucks 1-0. Oh, they just gave Vancouver a goal. So 1-1. Uh, see, I'm going off NHL.com which isn't always the greatest thing to do because, as you know, Rob, I've had to rewind on scores <laughs> because sometimes a goal gets <laughs> reviewed and overturned. Well, yeah, they put it up there and also... Yeah, then I've come back from commercial. Like, oh, by the way, they just, the, score's, the score's gone back to what it was a few <laughs> minutes ago. Anyway, Kaidos and Canucks, 1-1, one, one, uh, 3-11 left in the first period. The scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer, looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. Here at Rogers Place, the Oilers get a 5-3 win over the Canadians. You'll hear from Connor McDavid. We have... More time to hear from you at 780-496-0063. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Dropped it behind the net for Armia to, to don off left wing corner. Couldn't get it back to Armia. Sent to the blue line where Matheson keeps it in left point. He gets worked over by Holloway in the front. Cleared it out. By Dylan there. Yep. Cleared it out, not hard enough for icing. Even better. 4-3, Oilers lead. 10-49 to go in the third period. All right, Cam Moon and Bob Stoffer describing the crunch of the game for Cougar Payton Collision. Our family helping your family for 40 years and counting as the Oilers get the 5-3 win over the Montreal Canadiens. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown in a uh, relatively happy Studio 99 tonight as the Oilers improve to 14 and then 11. They have won four of their last five. The Canadiens' record slips to 
12, 11, and 1. So now seeing the Canadians in person, Rob, because it's always a little different when we're up high and you see a team and see the plays develop. Uh, are you as impressed or as optimistic about them as you have been in the times you've seen them on television? Who is that, the Canadians? Yes, the Canadians. Uh, yeah, I am impressed. I, I thought they, they played a, a good game. They just took became undisciplined. And you can't be undisciplined against the Oilers. Uh, that took them out of their game. It, they, they played a great first period. They've got some gr great young players. Uh, I thought Suzuki looked good in this game. I thought Cole, Cole Caulfield was quiet in, in this game. Their power play looked dangerous when it was out there. Um, I, but to me... Which is uh, interesting because it was 29th in the NHL coming in. But against the Oilers' penalty kill. It's true. They, they, <laughs> make, they make teams look good on their power play. But to me, I, I was just mesmerized at times at uh, Caden uh, Gooley at how good he is how composed I have to actually go on and, and look at how old he was he's 20 years old and he doesn't play like a 20 year old I know that Marty St. Louis talked about the fact he's a confident man and you have to be to play at this in this league at that age and play as well as he did uh, a wonderful future he has in front of him but uh, they're a nice nice team and this game just got away from them because of well you give up three five on threes to the Edmonton Oilers uh, and Connor and Leon and you, you usually don't win those games so the game came down to though two plays to me is losing Edmonton when he got kicked out and nurse scoring with four seconds to go yeah. in the period those two plays cost the Edmonton excuse me cost the Montreal Canadiens a chance at two points then Arbor Jack guy scored. <laughs> it's funny. Somebody just came over and said, how do you pronounce that guy's name? I go, I don't know. Hey, I said, I call him Wi-Fi. And then he's, well, how does Reed say it? I said, I don't know, but I call him oh, Wi-Fi. Thanks for paying attention. I, yeah, but he, you know what? It's <laughs> funny that you, <laughs> they talk about uh, he's was in and out of the lineup, and they hoped that he would stay up at the beginning of the season. Is he going to be here? I thought he played very well. Uh, he's physical. He scored a nice goal. Uh, he moves the puck well. Uh, he's got possibly the coolest name I've seen in the National Hockey League. I'm never going to be able to pronounce it, uh, and that's why his teammates call him Wi-Fi. But it's uh, he's a nice hockey player. They they they've got some good pieces in this team. And I mean, losing Edmondson for the final 40 minutes, not having Gallagher in the lineup. Hoffman is another yep. good player for this team. So they they might wind up trading Monahan or somebody else along the way. But, but. and and I don't know Monahan personally. I've only heard positive things about him, of how good a person he is. So I am, as a fan of the game, excited to see that his career has turned around here and the confidence is back. And yeah, he probably will be somewhere by season's end, but that's a good thing because someone's going to want him uh, the way he's playing here with the Montreal Canadiens, so good on him. And you know what, Rob? I'm going to expand that window of the game that was big. Mm -hmm. in the, late in the second period because Jack I scored with a second left on a two-man advantage so they still had time on the power play with it 3-3 and that's the one the Oilers killed Big off kill. uh, you know Doc walked in <laughs> not oh. so great defending there by Edmonton wasn't able to jam it in and then the Oilers you know Shore, Shore almost scored with about a minute left in the second period and then they scored so the Oilers surviving the second half of that power play was, was and huge. then turning the territory a little bit. And I wanted one other play in this game that was huge in the hockey game. It was uh, Stuart Skinner. When the Montreal Canadiens were two men short, they had a two-on-one and expended all their energy on the two-on-one. Skinner made a save and had the puck in his glove 
and he skated five feet out of his crease to get the puck out for them to go back the other way. If he holds on to the puck and there's a whistle, the Canadians can change their tired three players. But because he made sure to keep the play moving, they got the puck up very quickly. The two Canadians that were on the two-on-one had to get back, use all their energy getting back, and now it was a five-on-three, and those three Montreal Canadians were absolutely exhausted. It was a really smart play by Stuart Skinner, keeping that play alive, not taking a whistle, and allowing the Oilers' five best players to take advantage of three tired Canadians. All right, so the Oilers take it 5-3, four points from this man, Connor McDavid. Maybe that third period, Connor, you guys were protecting a lead. And pretty good job in those moments that's what you were looking for yeah I thought we were not very good for 40 minutes um, you know when you're lucky to find ourselves up one and um, kind of a weird game that way but um, I thought it did a really good job of you know, playing a nice solid mature third period and not giving them anything and anything we did get uh, Stu kind of shut it down so I thought it was a, a real good third scoring goals you know you got to score to win you guys score does this team feel better about itself when it's it goes into the third period having given up three and comes out of the third period not giving up any is that a good sign uh yeah i mean uh, we're obviously no uh no uh, we don't hide behind the fact that we need to be better defensively i think uh we've always um you know it's always the, the theme around here and we find ways to score goals and we got to keep them out of our net and i thought uh I didn't like coughing up the 3-1 lead, but um, I thought we did a good job of, of uh, kind of holding it there, and um, that's a positive sign. Three power play goals in the second period. This team's always had a good power play, but it looked like you guys were feeling it even more in that second period. Yeah, it was weird. It felt like we were on the power play like 10 minutes straight or something like that. <laughs> a weird period. Um, that way, I thought uh, power play did a good job of finding a way to, to capitalize, and um, I thought the rest of our group found a, a way to get themselves back into it. I know it was a long time to, to kind of sit there, so um, I thought they did a good job too. You always want to score on the power play, but you especially want to score when it's when your buddies got crossed. We want to score on the power play no matter what happens, and, and uh, obviously it's a form of our, our team toughness. You know, if teams want to uh, to come in and take shots and runs and, and, and all that type of stuff at guys, then you know we, we got no problem scoring on the power play. Um, that's what uh, that's what we get paid to do. I'm not sure what the stat is, Connor, but on your breakaways this year, you seem to be pretty efficient and feeling it in alone. Would you say you're feeling it more this year than, than maybe before in alone? Uh, Early in my career, it was something. It was an area of, uh, of of weakness and something that I needed to improve. And I think uh, as my career has gone on, I think I've gotten better and better. Um, just comfortable being in that spot and um, just keeping it a little more simple. I think. Um, not to say that I can't make a nice move, but um, just being a little bit more simple with it. I think. Do you have your mind made up? You line what you're going to do, or at the very last second, are you just freewheeling? How's that go? Yeah, I wish I could take you through the process, but it's it's a lot of instinct. It's a lot of. Uh, it's a lot of kind of just feeling it. You know, obviously you're coming in on different angles all the time and just trying to make the goalie move. Big picture, Connor, you guys, you got four or five here with a really banged up lineup. I mean, I know there's some holes in the game here and there, but you guys have to feel pretty decent about it. Yeah, and it hasn't been pretty, um, you know, but that's that's what you got to do um, when you're, you're a little bit banged up, and obviously we are, and um, we're finding ways to win games. Um, that's the bottom line, and um, that's what we have to keep, to, keep doing. Connor McDavid has four points. Leon Dreisettle has four points. Oilers beat the Canadians 5-3. Our next game broadcast on 6.30, Chet, is Monday. Face-off show at 5, game at 6.30. Oilers host the Washington Capitals.
Thanks to our game day engineer, Troy Bowler, and our studio producer, Angie Quinnell. Oilers Hockey is presented by Friesen Brothers. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Live. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.